You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to GI Insights, where we cover the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in gastroenterological practice. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Your host for GI Insights is Professor of Medicine at University of Illinois Chicago, Dr. Jay Goldstein. Fatty liver disease is becoming an increasingly a well-recognized medical problem. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, NAFLD, and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, also known as NASH, present both medical problems in the liver as well as other systems, including the cardiovascular risk in our patients. What does the most recent data tell us, and what are the treatment options available for our patients? Joining me today to discuss fatty liver disease is Dr. Nagash Alasani, Professor of Medicine and Chief of the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at Indiana University. Dr. Chalasani, welcome to Reach MD. Well, let's get started and talk a little bit about definitions. What is NAFLD and what are the various stages? NAFLD is a condition that is being seen with increasing frequency in North America. Here you have increased fatty infiltration in the liver tissue and it is related to obesity, diabetes, and metabolic syndrome. And the negative connotation indicates that this syndrome occurs in people who do not drink significant amounts of alcohol. And as far as different stages of NAFLD, it is typically divided into simple steatosis where you have just fatty infiltration in the liver, whereas, and then you also have steatohepatitis, where in addition to steatosis, you have inflammation, cell injury, and fibrosis. So the NAFLD is broadly categorized into simple steatosis and NASH. Well, that's great. You mentioned significant alcohol history. What, what does that mean for our listeners? There is not a good definition to categorize what is significant alcohol consumption in an obese or diabetic individual. However, the consensus is that if a male adult consumes more than two drinks on average per day or a female patient consuming more than one drink on average per day would be considered significant in terms of posing risk for liver disease or fatty liver disease. Alcohol-related liver disease. Or alcohol-related liver disease, you're correct. Now, let's say someone develops one of the fatty livers and we have steatosis. What is the prognosis and what is the natural history of NASH? So if a person has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, whether you identify based on elevated liver enzymes and subsequently you do a liver ultrasound or incidentally found on abdominal imaging, the prognosis of this NAFLD depends on whether or not a patient has simple steatosis or steatohepatitis. In patients with simple steatosis, it's generally thought that their prognosis is quite good. I'll come back to the data that supports why simple steatosis is generally thought to be benign. However, if a patient has steatohepatitis, which means that in addition to steatosis, you have inflammation, fibrosis, and balloon degeneration, which indicates cell injury, then 
it is a progressive condition where the NASH can lead to cirrhosis, liver failure, and may also cause, uh, may also end up needing liver transplantation. And I also want to indicate to your listeners that NASH is currently thought to be a major cause for cryptogenic cirrhosis. About 20% of the people getting liver transplant this, in this country carry a diagnosis of cryptogenic cirrhosis. Over the course of last four or five years, it's become clear that at least 80% of those patients with cryptogenic cirrhosis would, could be considered as burnt-out forms of NASH. So it is very clear that the NASH can progress and can cause problems. In a primary care practice or even in a general gastroenterology practice, does the degree of liver enzyme elevation above normal really help you distinguish between simple steatosis and something more severe? Unfortunately, the liver aminotransferases, which are AST and ALT, neither sensitive nor specific for degree of steatosis or the severity of the NAFLD syndrome. There are many studies that are published in the literature that show that normal ALT fatty liver can have uh, significant histological abnormalities, whereas patients with fatty liver by imaging but high ALT can have just simple steatosis without fibrosis. In other words, they can be a marker of ongoing hepatic abnormalities, but that's where I think it stops. They really don't give any more detail in terms of histological spectrum. So the so-called staging of the liver disease can't be made by using enzymes alone. If that's the case, what is the role of liver biopsy? That is a very good question. Liver biopsy is the gold standard at the moment to distinguish whether a person with fatty liver has simple steatosis or has the progressive variant, the non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. And however, it is obviously difficult to get a liver biopsy on everybody with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. There are about 30% of the U.S. adults with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Therefore, there's been significant interest trying to identify any non-invasive markers that can help tailor liver biopsy to a subset of patients. In other words, instead of offering a liver biopsy to, biopsy to everybody with fatty liver, you would use some non-invasive predictors and apply those algorithms to those patients such that the liver biopsy yield is much higher. Are those markers available clinically now? There are. I also would like to remind your listeners that imaging, for example, ultrasound, CT, or MRI, or the severity of steatosis any of, on any of these tests really do not predict hepatic histology. Going back to your question, are there any markers currently available? Yes, there is a Mayo model that consists of simple, easily available variables, including age, presence of diabetes, ALT ratio, platelet count. Based on it, there is a formula that you can plug into that will give you a score that will predict degree of fibrosis in patients with uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. In addition, there is a enhanced liver fibrosis panel that has been validated from UK, consisting of three fibrosis markers, hyaluronic acid, and two other fibrosis markers that reflect 
extracellular metrics turnover can predict fibrosis in a very reliable fashion in, in patients with NAPFLD. The liver fibrosis panel is not commercially available, but the Mayo model, which depends on clinical and demographic variables, easily available. If you're just turning in, you're listening to GI Insights on Reach MD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Goldstein, and joining me today is Dr. Nagash Alasani, Professor of Medicine from the University of Indiana Department of Medicine. Well, let's move on. What is the data you mentioned earlier that would suggest that simple steatosis is benign? There are several pieces of data that suggest that simple steatosis is largely benign. Initial set of data come from UK and Cleveland where patients with baseline liver biopsy which showed simple steatosis and they were followed longitudinally, their risk to develop cirrhosis or liver failure was very, very minimal. In the case of Cleveland Clinic data, risk of cirrhosis over the course of 10 years in patients with baseline steatosis was about 4%, whereas in case of data from Newcastle, UK, there was no risk of cirrhosis in patients with baseline cirrhosis. That is the histological follow-up data. However, there have been two Scandinavian studies that have followed patients with simple steatosis up to 20 years, and the risk of cirrhosis and liver failure was 1%. So these data are what we have available to indicate if you have a baseline liver biopsy, the risk of cirrhosis and liver failure is on minimal side. Well, let's turn our attention to NAFLD. Can you tell us a little bit more about the cardiovascular risk, the predictive value of having a cardiovascular event in patients with NAFLD? NAFLD is a manifestation in general of underlying obesity, insulin resistance, and under metabolic syndrome. So it is not surprising that patients with NAFLD have very risky cardiovascular profile. We have several years ago have demonstrated that nearly 90% of patients with biopsy-proven NASH have metabolic syndrome. If you take all-comer fatty liver, nearly 50% have metabolic syndrome. So it's not a surprise. Moving beyond the risk factors, there are now many studies that demonstrated patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease have increased atherosclerosis compared to suitable controls and also have decreased endothelial function. And more importantly, in a study that was published from San Diego, children with fatty liver had significantly higher atheroformation in their iota when children who had died from motor vehicle accidents had undergone postmortem examination. And also there are now three cohort studies of patients with NAFLD when they were examined longitudinally, the single most common cause of death is still cardiovascular. And the risk of death from cirrhosis goes from 11th in general population to third most common cause, but the cardiovascular morbidity and mortality is by far the most dominant in patients with NAFLD. So it sounds to me like this is a continuum of multiple organs being involved in the metabolic syndrome. Is that true? That is very correct. You brought up the term atherosclerosis, and the real question I have for you now is, what about the use of statins in these patients? Does that help, hurt? 
or is it a mixed bag? That's a very important question for your audience. The patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease typically have abnormal lipid profile. They have high triglycerides, high LDL, and low HDL, and they are very suitable candidates for aggressive lipid-lowering agents, especially now that I've indicated that they have increased cardiovascular morbidity and mortality. Having said that, there is a general perception that the statins cannot be used in patients who have elevated liver tests. And as a matter of fact, many of the package inserts indicate that the statins are contraindicated in patients with active liver disease without clarifying what exactly is active liver disease. I'd like to thank you for being my guest today and speaking to us on NASH and NAFLD. This is Dr. Jay Goldstein and Dr. Naga Chalasani. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to GI Insights on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. For additional information on this program and on-demand podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com and use promo code AGA.